that's good. It is. That's good. Yeah. yeah. So, quick, so quickly, it's just one right out of the park. Well, I mean, that's 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 how it is. Good evening to you, Dennis. And to you. It is a hour of happiness, 60 minutes of pure joy that we call happy hour. And let's see. This is episode number 51. We oh. are right on the precipice of completing the circle of time and folding back in on ourselves and... I don't know. Soon you're going to hurt your arm or something. It's you know, as as the as the clock as the world turns, you know, it spins and spins. Tire rotation. Yeah, and here we are. It's important it's to rotate same. your tires. <laughs> it's important to rotate your tired. Well, yes. When you're when you're tired, it's important to rotate your. Particularly, particularly. Yeah. Yes. As so as so many times I've said to others, rotate on this mofo so ah I'm right. spin it say spin it baby <laughs> spin it baby put this on the turntable and spin it record of love <laughs> well that's you know if you're drinking a stout it might be a guinness world record of love uh-huh and if they ain't forest they sure gonna be a guinness exactly exactly if they ain't Forrest Gump, they they Guinness Gump. Yeah. An iconic character, if there was one. Forrest. Forrest Gump, yes. And you know Tom Hanks was third choice for that role. I read somewhere you can find it and post it, but it's impossible to imagine anyone else. Impossible. Yeah. You know, I mean, right? Exactly. In that in that time period, yeah, no one could possibly could possibly do it. It's one of the most sensitive renderings of American life in a such a crazy, even political sense of the the times and the the leadership and the the cuts in of Reagan and, and Nixon and and all of the awards that he received and stuff. It's an interesting slice of historic Americana with this odd duckling, of course, of of him having these incredible skills. Right. You know, uh, ping pong comes to mind in some of the most astounding footage. Of any movie at its time, I think now it sure. It might, might no, and, and it was cut, and it was made for the generation that had that nostalgia for those iconic moments in yes. in time. Yes, uh, yes, yes. And uh, you know, it's it's not meant to be thought about critically about how plausible is it that this person does all yeah. these things. That it's right. a so it, it's a said, it's a ride no, no, no. through nostalgia. You, that's right. Is what it but is. But you absolutely suspend belief. Oh, without yeah. even without yes. even knowing that you've done it. Right. Without ever considering it, because Hanks and the entire the entire cast and crew they make you believe it right away. Right. Right away. You're not in the fifth or sixth frame when you when you you've got the the plausible uh, expectations. You know. Right. And from that point forward, it's it's never a matter of of thinking about it because you just you just believe it. At least it, it, for me, it drew me into the point of it was it was like I was there, man. I mean. Yeah. Hey, 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 we could we could Photoshop people who paid us money Uh into being part of those videos, those Uh right with Nixon and stuff with with Forrest Gump. Possibly, just have to make sure that uh, the producers don't ever find out about it. Well, the the um, the technology now to do these fake videos is getting super extra creepy. We've discussed this before, but uh, how you can 
make things appear totally real in a video, uh, totally in a computer and whatnot. Speaking of which, and just to mention, but probably not timely, is did you see the season finale for The Outsider? No, I've fallen. Well, I've been so since since coming back from from down under. I, my my brain schedule has been just so upside down, topsy turvy that I have had so little time to uh, to consume any media. It's been uh, just sleep when I can and when I when I can't not. So it's been right, right. I have I have not watched almost anything. Uh, yeah, but well, uh, so I'm, these are these are exciting it, times. It, I'll fill you in. I'm, I'm so scared that I'm so scared that Outsider is going to let me down. Like I've in a way that's not pleasing in the finale but uh let's we'll talk about it at a later date indeed so, indeed i i will have watched it twice by then well you have time to spare i have ample time ample time which is why of course i'm drinking alaska amber not to be mistaken for alaska ample 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 time would be a good would could be a good name for a uh, for a beer ample time you know miller time no it's ample time it could be like an it's not ample cider. <laughs> would it be two words? It would be. Yeah. Yeah. A- ample. Yeah. Yeah. Time. Time. Yes. Ample. <laughs> yeah. Well. So anyway, you're you're in, you're enjoying your your amber in your amber oh, yeah. time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Things are looking up here. Your it's, amber uh, in your chamber. I'm amber in my chamber. The uh, the weather has warmed up. The snow is all but gone. It was. 50 plus degrees. <clears throat> we walked throughout Kalamazoo 10, 11 miles in two days. My wife nice. uh, with me for half of that because one of the two days. And we walked through the. Because uh, she couldn't make it and I've, you just left her at, at the halfway stage here. Shoot. No. <laughs> All right, I'll send someone. <laughs> that reminds me of the guy who, who said to me that he said, My father in law is 88 years old and he's walking five miles every day. He said, Oh, that sounds good. He says, Yeah. We haven't seen him for two and a half weeks. <laughs> That's such a such a well constructed uh, joke. The the any joke that can set uh, set you up with the expectation, like without just implicitly of what's of what's true, and then and then and then shatter that tower of expectation. Right, right. It's so good. <laughs> so anyway, you've been doing some walking. Yeah, yeah. We've been doing some walking and some talking. So, uh, yeah, so it's been nice to get outside after the snow where it's not slippery and blah, 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 and cold. But the spring is about sprung. The grass is going to spring forward. It was a relatively mild winter, even for this mild climate in this part of Michigan. But we're used to much worse near Buffalo. And they got much worse, but for them, equally not terrible a winter as they had been years past. So. It's, it's good to see spring here without me getting so, so sick of it. And I had years because it won't stop and it's relentless and cold and more snow. And this year, not like that. So every year where I live is the winters are slightly less uh, horrible. Yeah. Well, you know, there's things going on in the world of climate. Sorry for but it's all fake. You're just making it up. Yeah. Plant, planting the seeds of doubt in people's minds. Well, there's something wrong. Something if, wrong with the climate. If they I grow, you would about the climate. It's just about weather. If they go and grow into trees of climate that are sucking CO2 from the air, then let's plant some seeds of doubt. Trees of doubt. Oh. 
Whoa, man. Whoa, it's like I planted planted some seeds of doubt 20 years ago. Look, the best time to plant seeds of seeds of doubt are 20 years ago or today. That's what they always say. And so 20 years ago, I planted some seeds of doubt, and now I have a beautiful tree of doubt that I can climb in and monkey around in, and the leaves leaves of doubt fall upon my lawn of doubt. What, 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 What kind of monkey do you imagine yourself? And please, a monkey of doubt. This implications. Yes, you said that you would be in the tree of doubt, monkeying around, which I immediately superimposed your face on a monkey's body. But it googled up four choices. I need to know which of these monkey styles I should paste your face on. So, which is it? Well, I mean, now that we're rounding the bend into our earlier episodes, I'm going to go with spider monkey. I would say, I would say so. Because in fact, there were no choices. It came up. I glued it on there. And that's what you can throw on the board. But yes. it's all done for you. Here you go. I'll just press send. Spider monkeys. <laughs> spider monkeys in spider trees monkeys of doubt. Revisit. I still think about that. I still think about that. Spider monkeys running across the road yep. in, uh, down in Florida. It had been loose. Some uh, some pet of some kind that got loose or was let loose and running across the road. It's, it's, it's pleasant. Not, you know, not as a similar seared image in my brain is the bat which came to me the other day in the dark house as i went to open the very sliding door Wait, where the bat had gone in the image of the bat and came I, to he you. disappeared right in front of my eyes this huge bat through this little crack and i slowly opened that up and, and that image kind of burst through but just the image not the bat that's right okay good yeah so i mean aren't, aren't we all really spider monkeys swinging on the tree of doubt you are. You're, you know, the world's become tribal. And I think that what you're saying is true about your tribe. I'm not sure, Mike. I think my tribe's already on the ground. We're, we're already, we've already got fire, man. Did you fall? Your tribe is still in the trees, and we're like, we're trying to catch you. We'll roast you and eat you. Uh, your tribe is fallen from the tree of doubt. That's just sad. <laughs> Into the, into the fertile, into the fertile grounds of certainty. Yeah, uh, virility. Well, the fertile ground of virility and vitality, and vibrancy. Well, and vigorous vesification. Oh, speak it, brother. Speak it, brother. Look that vesification. Vesification. Google it. All right, I will. Just Wikipedia, not, just not. Hey, now. Wikipedia, you can just put it there and make up what it means, and they'll accept it. And then when people go there, I'll, why don't we do that? Why I'll, don't we do that with some of the? You know, it's up to you. You can edit and cut and paste. You know, because you got so much time on your hands. Right. <laughs> like you have to. Not like you have to work for a living. No. Sleep. No. With your world travels, but you've got a this jet laggy thing going on in your brain, which for a brain is spookily. Uh, kind of adult as yours, I would think that any slowdown Spookily would adult, yes. result in a turndown. If it, went any slower, if it went any slower, it would begin to rot. It's definitely a, a turndown. My, you know, normally my thoughts are like this, and now my thoughts are like this. They go really slow. <laughs> and it's just hard to... Uh... Hey, hey, listen, I think it would be a kick to anybody who's listening if you would please do the rest of the show in that voice. If you do... If you do for the entire 
<laughs> rest of the show. I will personally donate $150 to the fund, which only you have and only you can spend. Okay? Ready, set, go. That is a terrible idea. <laughs> I will not do that. Oh, boy. Yeah, yeah. Well, oh, look, look, man, people... You can, when you're listening to podcasts, you can often control the speed that they're played at. So you can speed them up where people sound smart, like like we do when we're just speaking normally. Or you can slow it down where people sound like they're drunk and aren't really paying attention to what's going on, man. And it, it can be really funny. <laughs> Well, uh, but so I leave, you, I leave that you, up to the listener that can they can. But, but if you record it in that voice, when they slow it down, it'll be even stupid. further slowed down. Right. <laughs> okay, the next thirty minutes, we're going to say seven words. That would be exciting for the listeners. Anyway, moving on. There's a there, there's an art project somewhere in Germany, I think, where they're playing uh, some symphony uh, music piece, but they're playing it really slowly, such that like each note takes a year. And uh, hold on, I have to Google this. Uh, okay, so it's this it's this music piece called "As Slow as Possible" by John Cage. Have you from Have you heard of John Cage as a uh, as a Composer. I think the name may be familiar, but I couldn't place it. He's most famous. Well, that's a great way to say I don't know, uh, which is what I would do as well. Uh, his his most famous thing is that uh, he, he had a composition, in quotes, uh, called Four Minutes and 33 Seconds, where he went up on stage and you know the audience he, you know he he was a known uh, composer and the audience was all excited and he went up on stage and did nothing for 4 minutes and 33 seconds there's not a single note and the idea is that he's like reminding you of the of the ambient sounds around you man uh, it's like it's like we're never really in silence man and and here we are and you can you, you can download the mp3 of four minutes and 33 seconds where it's yeah. just a silent, silent MP3. It must compress really well. Uh, but it's excellent. <laughs> excellent. Yeah. But anyway, there's this, there's this, there's this music piece he's got uh, called as slow as possible. And they're playing it in this church in Germany. It began in, 2000, it began in 2001, and the whole song is going to have a duration of 639 years, ending in 2640. So they're just, they're just playing uh, one note. I don't know how long each note takes, uh, but there's just one or two notes every day of this, of this piece, and it's like art man... It's just uh-huh. like what is uh-huh. what is time really, man? And how much is each uh, for the episode? trees? How, how much? No, there, it's no, just how a, long. How long is each what? I thought it was episodic, where they, they do two notes and then they do two more notes. And... No, no, no. It's 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 a piece being played in at, at a set tempo in real time in real time for seven hundred years, and they're just they've just slowed it right. down so much that each each yeah. note takes like a day or two, and. You know, the residents of that town must be just thrilled that there's this organ 
that's been pumping out a musical note for 24 hours for going on 18 years, 20 years, uh, almost 20 years now. No kidding. So that's like... That's crazy. What is time, man? But What is time, man? But again, going back to our, our tree of doubt, man, trees <laughs> trees uh, live at such a different pace than we do. Uh, and the people that study trees uh, can can put themselves in this mindset of what, what the, how the tree is and how it's uh, where, where the seasons are just going by really quick. And uh, it's just a different way of experiencing time. And then you've got other animals like pigeons and stuff where pigeons see like a couple hundred, uh, they, they perceive a couple hundred like frames per second of, of activity. And we humans max out at like 24 or 30 frames per second. Give me those numbers again. I gotta observe them because they're, they're 20, I think they sound remarkable. Okay, so we, uh, I'm not 100 percent sure about the about the pigeons, but uh, humans, like in order, for, in order for us, like when they made when they made moving moving pictures, as they were called when you were a boy, uh, they discovered that if you changed the picture at least 24 times a second, right, it, it looked like motion. 24 times a second. What's a pigeon? Uh, now I have to look it up. Pigeon vision. Do, 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 do. Do, do. Uh, Vision. Pigeon. Oh, there's a song in there. Okay. Okay. So it's not. It's not quite that much. Uh, pigeons need uh, 75 frames per second to create an illusion of of, of movement. So our movies would just look like uh, slideshows to them. And our movement must appear slow to them. Then. Of course, of course. Which is why. Which, which is why you can't ever. You can't ever catch or, or, or kick a pigeon. Right. Because we're going. Is it so? Bee, look out! And the bee just flies away. Yeah, bees, bees probably too. Yes, but wasp. This scare me. You know the latter story. I was jump. It was quite the acrobatic jump. But anyway, where can people listen to that episode? <laughs> it's it's one of the ones listed at happyhour.fm. <laughs> Don't know which one. Could you'll have to go. Take. You'll have to go through, go through the all. library. You'll have to go through you the mall. Try a repository. It's our repository. Our suppository? Yes. That's, oh, yes. That's it. If you can, we, we sell special suppositories at happyhour.fm that will just, you will know the whole catalog. Yeah, man. You'll shoot your brains out. Yeah, man. Or brain your shit out. No, that doesn't make sense. Uh, so, pigeons. Pretty clever. Uh-huh. <laughs> Have you ever had pigeon soup? I have. We eat pigeon here in Spain. They, they have. I wouldn't say domesticated, but they, the people farm them, keep them in cages, and then put them in stew. Have you had pigeon porridge? No, no pigeon porridge. I heard about a place that made too much of it, and they had to put it in storage. The pigeon porridge went into storage. Yes. Okay. Well, that's. You got too much pigeon. Yeah. What do you do when you have too much pigeon? You put your pigeon porridge into storage. That's right. Yes. That's right. So what's the uh, weather like there in España? It's pretty good. It's, uh, let's see, today it was 12 degrees, which is 54. Uh, nice. Not uh, not super cold. Not, right. But you still, chilly still, need a, still need a jacket. That's the way we were here. Same, same. A little warmer here, maybe. But we went, uh, we walked in the sun 
I walked all the way downtown. I walked about six miles, went all through Kalamazoo, took pictures. Yeah. So, nice. I, I, in fact, I should send them to you. But one, I took a picture, and I'm going to call each one of them a certain frame. It's going to say the coolest fence in Kalamazoo, and another one's, and you won't know where it is except a picture of it. And okay. another one, another one will say the most gnarled root in Kalamazoo, and then take a picture of it, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Okay. And Somehow, it's like a treasure it'll hunt. be turned into a bingo. Bingo. Exactly. Where bingo. Our, our listeners can go, and Dennis has buried $1,000 at each location. No. $1,000. Buried $1,000. What? What would that look like? You pictured a big pirate's chest? I, you sort I of look think. like a, a gnome that it's, needs to be, uh, be squirreling away his riches. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's right. Make fun of me, if you will. Your physical appearance is so overwhelming, I can barely speak sometimes, and you dare tell me that I am a hobbit-like. <laughs> well. 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 Well, what? Well, what? well I, I think the nerds are going to be complaining that you're equating gnomes and hobbits, but, you know. Hey, screw speaking you, nerds. Of green. Speaking of green, I saw Green Book. Mm, we've mentioned that a couple times. Is this the first time? First time. It, uh, one... I, 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 it, was, it was fabulous. Wait one second. Okay, you can continue. All right. What do you got there? What'd you pop there, bro? San Miguel, bro. San Miguel, whoa, man. St. Michael. St. Miguel. Yeah. Well, so, as, you know what, you know what that calls for? I must say, and here's to you and yours. Okay. Nice. Last guy, Amber. Okay, back to the movie. Green Book. Best oh picture. My. Oh, my. Lots of racial tension. Oh, my. So well done. Yeah. It's so well done. And and I am a, have been a devoted fan beyond all others. Wait, Viggo Mortensen. Yep. He is, he is amazing in everything he does, and he is He's so surprising every time that it's almost not surprising that he's incredible surprise. Again. Yeah. Nails nails this Italian and and gains so much weight as to, to look like him. You yeah, know. Right. And the iconic scene of when he's eating in his hotel room, he takes an entire pizza, folds it in half, it's literally two foot long, he can barely hold it, and he starts eating it from one end to the other. Nice. And you know he'll finish it. He's a hungry Italian boy. He's, you know. What? What? What do you mean the way I talk? Tony Lip. What? A, what a great character name. Not Tony the Lip. Tony Lip. Tony Lip. Who's that good bullshit? Oh, and you're proud of that? Yeah, that uh, that that was a good movie. I remember that. And Vigo uh, also speaks like perfect Spanish. Does he? He's done. He's done. Um, he's done some movies in Spanish. His he was born in New York. His father's Danish, and they moved to South America where and they, they lived in ranches in Venezuela and Argentina. That's why he knows Spanish so well. Wow. He used to live in Argentina, wow. despite being of Danish wow. blood. So, uh, yeah, he's, he's a hell of an actor. Yeah. And uh, just, it's almost everything he's in is so gut-wrenching, uh, realistic. Right. Yeah, it's, it, you know. you're... It, it goes past acting to be to it's be reality. Just, it's just yeah. honest. 
And, you know, I think we've talked about the one flick he was in where he was a survivalist and raised his kids, and the opening scene was of his son who was 12 or 13 years old killing a deer with a knife. And he played the father of that. And uh, yes. we've talked about that before. But it's another it, – it, when I was watching Green Book and thought about the vast universes of difference between those two characters. Right. Right? And his utter complete channeling of this – these people, New person, right. you know, uh, as to, to, to be astounding. And, and he's a very touching actor, too. He's very um, uh, evoke, emo, well, he, he evokes emotion because he displays it in subtle ways that are, are deeply appreciated by his audiences. He's he's very subtle um, and and he plays a great bad guy, too. Right, right, right. And uh, oh God, I'm, I'm I'm sorry, I can't remember this this one flick I'm thinking of, but no matter. But quite a quite an actor. This uh, this stuff is good. The same people that made Breaking Bad have uh, have another TV show that has just started the, its uh, fifth season called Better Call Saul, which is a spinoff. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Which, which is which is very uh, ambitiously. It's set before. Uh huh. The, the, the previous show, a prequel. it's a prequel. So you have to, uh, so they can't, you know, they can't kill off some characters that appeared in the in the in, in the later thing, right? Sure, sure. sure. Uh, and, but it, but it's it's, it's an interesting uh, set of parameters to set for yourself to write an interesting story where, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, right. uh, where that can happen. But anyway, um, <clears throat> I I listened to a to a podcast that is done by the by the creators of Better Call Saul and. Um, uh, they also did a. Um, they did a another movie because they wanted to go and investigate uh, what one of the characters after Breaking Bad would have done. Uh, where they uh, and they this was paid for and made by Netflix uh, called El Camino, and they followed one of their characters. But uh, the the plot doesn't matter. But uh, today I was listening to an episode of their podcast where they were talking about making that show, uh-huh. and they did. <laughs> Uh, they did this special effect that would never have occurred to me as a special effect that you can do in the computer. They they wanted to because so much of the previous uh, show was uh, was recorded on handheld mm, cameras, and when they were doing flashbacks to that time that happened during that previous show, they switched their camera from being you know mounted or on a dolly or something to to being handheld to give you that same feeling and uh, uh-huh. sensation of being back in that time. But their cameras were too heavy to be handheld because they were using some really super duper cameras. Uh-huh. So they this was this was their problem. How do we do handheld uh, camera movement with a camera that we can't hold in our hands? <laughs> and well, so I think that is the question of the evening. <laughs> no, but well, hold on. Yeah, their their, their solution it's, it's their solution great. was it was extremely uh, innovative. They what they did was they had someone uh, hold hold a camera and record uh, in the sort of way that you would be holding a camera to record something. Just record a a blank white sheet with little reference dots on it and holding the camera and just uh, holding it in a way that someone might, you know, go put, lean their weight back and forth from foot to foot or something. And they had them do this for all these different focal lengths and all these different lenses. And then they shot the thing on a stable, uh, solid camera. And then they used their computers to go and and have their have their image track this this movement this movement of being handheld, which uh, which just blew my mind as oh my like, god yeah 
just the cleverness of how you could right could just come up with that and also execute it and right. if and the most of the audience is not going to have any clue that anything right. like that happened right. but right. Uh, that's sort of why i like listening to some of these podcasts where they yeah. talk about the the insider secrets of how they do stuff yeah uh, that's that's so, story. isn't that cool that is quite a story so oh so many things i don't understand <laughs> <laughs> and so, and frankly, there's more every day there's so many things I don't think I I don't think I ever will indeed, in indeed. My, my short time on this world this earth exactly it's you understand what you do and you don't what you don't oh so my, but, that's my motto put that to a tune that's I understand tune. what I do and I don't what I don't some, th- some things I will, most things I won't. Some things I will. We all friends with Dalton won't. Should. Would. There's a lot of there's a lot would. of things I should do, but there's, but no, there's more things I should do than things I shouldn't sh- shouldn't. Yeah. Uh, we need to workshop this more. Maybe. Yeah. Right. More things to do. Hey man, hang on. Let's uh, let's uh, cam the cam the camera over to the whiteboard, and I'll right. just throw up a few ideas here. You know, you got your get. Stop <laughs> sniffing the marker, Dennis. Jesus. Yeah. Every time we get out the whiteboard. I admit to that. In fact, I did it with I did it with a black one once in, in front of a crowd, and as I turned away from the whiteboard, I instantly looked like Hitler in his youth, and so it was it was unnerving for everyone there. I didn't know what they were laughing at, but but there I stood and. Uh, I only thought that uh, hmm, not not something working here, and uh, so anyway. Well, there's your if if our listener takes anything away from this episode, which do not sniff a black marker in front of a crowd, <laughs> and then say and then say, okay, who here did something and raise your arm in the air? Don't yeah. don't don't do that. Right, right, right. Yes, right. That. Bad look, bad look. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, let's yeah. Uh, let's that needs no more workshopping. Well, it's just that you go out and you say you say hi, and, <laughs> and everyone waves at you and they say hi. <laughs> exactly. With your, you know, with your little... and and because you're the leader, you notice the crowd has made a mess, and so you say hi, littered. Nice. Oh, no, not particularly. I littered. I littered. There'll be trouble over this. My my son, my uh, six year old son, had that same problem recently, where he had a uh, perhaps he was sniffing, but he had a he had a oh, a, a marker uh, on his on his upper <laughs> on his, lip. On his lip, what color? It was green. It was uh, green. Luckily. I pictured green as soon as you said that was weird, man. I like yeah. pictured green, and then I said what color? And you were like green. Yeah. So yeah. that's a green new deal. <laughs> So to speak. Did you, so, uh, Did you change his name to Cortez? Uh, no. Oh, think about it. Think about it. So Cortez was a really was a really bad uh, conquistador. So conquistador. There's a Neil Young song about him. Neil Young is just, you know, he's he's just to me in so many ways the perfect songwriter and musician because he he knows that sometimes less is more and little is great 
his his imagery is just so satisfying. You know. And the weird thing is now he's neither young nor kneeling. So he's neither what? Young nor kneeling. Young nor kneeling. So Oh like young kneeling. He could be, he could be old he could be uh sit sit old. I see what you did there. <laughs> that's some funny. That's some funny. I made a funny. That's 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 pretty weird. Awkward. What? <laughs> How many of those pop cans have you popped? You see this crops, ladies and gentlemen. You have to forgive him. He gets away from time to time. Cups? In his cups. 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 Okay. Well, so how about that old... Magic no? called love? How about the Jerry Lewis and the, the, uh, the, the professor? What was the name of the... Jerry Lewis in the something professor. Professor, come on, man, N- quick. Nutty. The Nutty Professor. Yes. He was uh, Jerry Love in the uh, in the uh, when he took the potion, and he was a lounge singer. And it's just if you've seen the, as we've discussed Mel Brooks in some of his musical, you know, uh, uh, amazing stuff that he does musically. You know, this equals that. Nutty Professor. Wow, he lived in 90, age of 91. Yeah, you know about him changing, uh, never uh, wearing socks more than once. We've talked about we, that. We've, we have mentioned that, or I did not know about that, and then you told me about it. And well, I so I purchased, I purchased all the socks, as we've discussed. They were giving them to charity, but I cut a deal with the guy who's at the door, so now we get them all. We can sell them. Jerry Lewis socks. I think we should make You used your like, money to steal, so- yes, to, to no. buy socks that would have gone to charity. Yeah. And so now we can sell them, okay. and I want to do it. But I want Happy to do socks. want to do a telethon. Okay. And I want to call the telethon Jerry Lewis socks telethon. Okay. We'll make we'll make a million bucks. Well, we'll how many socks? Well, depending on what you bid, you get some of the socks. About ten speaking years of, worth. Speaking of a million bucks, thirty-four hundred pairs of socks. Hundred to a thousand dollars per set of socks, three point four million. Those are some expensive socks. You know, I mean, or as Brian Williams would say, "That's almost." Oh God, a I was going there. That's almost a billion. Jesus. Oh my God! Not only does he fucking lie, but he's fucking stupid too. Are you kidding me? Okay, I'm. I'm. I'm willing to grant his lie fiasco of to misremembering. I don't recall exactly the details, but it seemed like the sort of thing that someone could make a mistake about. Six occasions? No. No chance. No. No, no, no. But every time, look, every time we remember something, we re-record over that memory of... Understood. So that's how you can Understood. you can go, and if you tell the same story enough times, you you can be absolutely certain that that is the way it happened, even though every time you're making the story a little bit better. Uh, well, yeah. And so also known as podcasting. The, the, the difference... The effort. <laughs> the difference here is stark because he was on a third or fourth floor balcony, observing it in his memory. He was on the ground, interacting with people and describing what they said to each other. And so it's not that kind of a leap. It's like, it, unless one would believe that the point you just made is equally as true for stuff that just wasn't misremembered, but it was an original outlandish lie, and eventually you convince yourself of that sociopathy. That's not just, you know. 
chalk mm -hmm. it up to memory stuff. That's sociopathy. That's the inability to tell the difference between telling the truth and telling lies. Believing your own lies, in fact, as if they were truth. That's that's trouble, bruh. I consider lying to mean also having the truth in your head and intentionally deceiving. Got it. Which is which, it which takes mental effort, uh, which is not what our president does. <laughs> that is, and and there's 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 a somebody came out with a there's there's a, there's a there's like an academic paper where they they drew this distinction between lying, which is when you have to maintain what the what your listener knows is true and uh, and what you're saying, and and what the other thing is where you just say stuff and you don't care about the the veracity of it or not, and the. The semi-official academic term for this is called bullshitting, uh -huh. right. where which is what uh, which is what our leader does, where just whatever comes to his brain did at the you, moment is you, what comes out. I, this is going to date us, but here we are with COVID nineteen spreading throughout the world. I was wondering when we were going to mention that. And, yep. and, and he, he's he's at he's at the he's at the uh, CDC in Atlanta and he's touring it and he's on he's on he's on tape and he starts to brag about what he said and what he did and, you know, this and he did that. And he's just, and the people, oh, they look, they say, oh, how did you get so smart about this? And he says, you know, I guess maybe, maybe it just comes natural. Maybe it just comes natural. And so, you know, the thing to me, it's about the numbers. If I let the people off the boat, if I let them off the boat, my numbers are going to go up. Yeah, I don't want the numbers to go up. You know, if it's up to me, we leave them. And, and by the way, the governor of Colorado is a sleaze. He's a snake. I don't care what Mike Pence says. Mike Pence has to be nice, and I don't. I did not hear about this particular episode. <clears throat> oh, my God. So just to go back briefly to the Brian Williams thing, I assume you're referring to this this clip from MSNBC. Yes. Where yes. They, and I, I just want to repeat it so that it's on the record here, uh, where they said they had some, some commentator was on, and, and uh, – I think Brian Williams was the one that brought up this this tweet. Oh, I saw a tweet. Yes, that's right. And and and, and they and they said, yeah, actually, we and, and Brian Williams said, wait, before you say it, we have a we we already have this uh, pre prepared uh, image right. of the tweet we can put up, and it said it when I read it uh, tonight on social media, it kind of all became clear. Bloomberg spent five hundred million on ads. U.S. population three hundred twenty seven million. Uh, don't tell us if you're ahead of us on the math. He could have given each American one million dollars and have had lunch money left over. It's an incredible way of putting it. It's an incredible way of putting it. It's true. It's disturbing. It does it does suggest, you know, what we're talking about here, which is there, there's too much money in politics. Um, and it's just like it's a dollar fifty three. Oh, it's a dollar like, fifty three. I know how I know that math with numbers that have Ilian at the end is difficult. Right. But go, oh my God. Go to John Oliver. He just did an episode on it. It I'm is, sure. it is, it is so, so insightful. But the other side of this is imagine that if you gave every American a million dollars, that would be 321 million times, <laughs> times 1 million. You know what that number is? That would be trillion something. Edit it in and make yourself seem like you're smart. Go on, right here. It's probably there. it's probably our defense budget. <laughs> I'm just yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah, we could all we we could give every American a million dollars and right and cut the defense budget. Right. Anyway, well, but here's something though that the story missed is that if Bloomberg did give every American a dollar and fifty three cents, 
that all of that money, every person would spend another dollar and fifty three cents in the economy. And it, it would be huge. And well, well, it could it could it could, you know, and then they would and then people would there would be wealth. Well, minor, well and minors it would be dollar fifty three minors would be long term over six or seven hundred years. It would mean something. No, 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 no. But what it, what it does is it would, you know, that dollar fifty goes if you like what the, what the, the whole problem with the trickle down bullshit is it's it's so much better if you give money to the to the people at the bottom because they spend it on people at the bottom and the and it just flows around at the bottom creating more wealth creating more wealth instead of greed. which is which is why things like this wealth tax that that Warren had this uh, still, like still has well she still has it but yes uh, but like if we and this was one billionaire that we're imagining taking you know a what did what did I don't know what his what his what his net worth is, but let's say he spent Bloomberg one one percent of his net worth sixty one billion. Yeah. So yeah, about one percent is what he spent on his on his campaign. Uh, Which range from fifty six to as much as six more than that. But, but anyway, it's it's a lot. But but yeah, but but still, it's it's one percent. Imagine taking one percent out of out of anyone's budget to spend on something you know that's well, for 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 most for most people that's like uh you know that's less than a less than a car for sure and and uh you know that's like buying a buying a new phone right. let's say that, like one, let's, and 1%. let's let's say that bloomberg not only uh completes what he's undergoing now which is a completion of a private uh organization that will manage the bloomberg campaign against trump in support of the democratic party um, as an independent organization, rather than doing something that's more, you know, like offhanded, like saying, "Well, I'll give, I'll, I'll, I'll give you my campaign apparatus." That was kind of the initial illusion, which was a little more offhanded than when he came down to think about it. He thought, "Well, no, I could just give it to you. They're my people. I'm going to pay them, and I'm going right. to do it this way." It's, it's, it's a perfect strategy because then he doesn't have to have anybody second guess. Because what he does with his money is that he plows it into democratic causes. And he makes sure that the detractors of the policies that require a tightening of government spending get on the side philanthropic support from his billions to make certain that they're made whole, at least to the point to say you can live with this now. It's for the better of the city or in this case in the country. Imagine that he and Tom Steyer's and the, the other 60 billionaires who, in fact, as Bernie says, has contributed to Biden's campaign. Imagine if those 60 billionaires are led by a billionaire-led nonprofit effort that Bloomberg has championed in mayor of New York and apply that to the common good of the Democratic principles and indirect support and correlation with the Democratic Party, right? That would be astounding, as opposed to what a progressive would have you do is to say, just tax them. Well, I think you've got to do both, but you've got to have their heart or you won't be able to keep their money. You know, there's got to be some transformation of the billionaire class but I don't think it's through total taxation. But imagine all that money, man. Into what if it goes into the uh, into the states that are most in need, uh, contributing to the electoral college? Right. That's that's that, and then therefore you're assured uh, continual political reign for the for the for the limits of the entire. You can get the Senate back. This idea of liberal billionaires uh, compensating for. What is the corporate, you know, going against liberal billionaires as individuals going against uh, the corporate incentivization of the other side 
to level the playing field. Is that your concept? <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Whatever. Wait a minute. I did. I didn't know. I expected to put a title on it. Would that be? Uh, <laughs> would that be? This is the Dennis uh, New Deal case. Uh, is there an acronym for this? It's not a syndrome. I haven't, and I haven't fully developed into a model. Right. <laughs> Let it out an algorithm. It requires, Design. it requires some thinking, which is innovative. 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 Yeah, so it's it's so messed up that the the early voting that like the early voters weren't so in favor of Biden, but as soon as he won South Carolina, all the people that voted after that just sort of all piled into Biden's. So camp. remember the story, and you can count to the episode where I told you about the political consultant who yep. said that you have to imagine a herd of deer. A, a herd of and deer. And when that first deer or two moves, the entire herd moves in that direction. And the epitome of campaign management is to get to that point at the perfect moment. That is right. what Jim Clyburn did for Joe Biden. And he says, of course, on, on, on tape, he knows, of course, that that is exactly what was going to happen. That moment is in his interview, which is a MSNBC interview, has him directly at the camera when somebody said, could you have predicted blah, blah, blah? And he looked at the camera and he said, yes, of course I did. I orchestrated it's, it all, motherfuckers. It's, it's remarkable. And to have this man campaign throughout the South, this is what's going to happen. We vote. When do we vote? We vote tomorrow in Michigan, 125 delegates. And this town is unknown to me, but in the state, Biden could, it leads in the polls by 16 to 20 percent. It could be the, the the thing that tells Bernie, Bernie, you're not turning out the numbers. We are. This and, is this is why it's so stupid, because you're not getting what people what the voters think or want. You're getting this this game theory. I saw some momentum in this other state. So no, I'm going to vote in my state no. this way. Like if we all did it on the same day, things would be totally different. Well, and for great for Joe Biden that they're not that way. <laughs> great for all the presidents. Well, well, that, that I, have been. Well, it's yeah, I think that's true to, to a large extent. But the fact of the matter is, is that the people have spoken. And what I get a kick out of Bernie Sanders is he says that the establishment, the establishment has decided that they're going to be behind Joe Biden, and 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 I'm the establishment, and he fights and he talks about the establishment, the same methods he's been treated for thirty years. And it's like, hey, Bernie. It was the voters, man. He got the popular vote. He got more delegates. There is no party establishment except for fucking Obama, who won't speak. Nancy Pelosi, who who runs a great house but doesn't go beyond that. Who do you right. think the establishment is? Who do you think it is? Perez? Is that it? Do you think it's who? 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 Well, okay. Are 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 the delegates in all these states literally going by the voters? Yes. Because 100%. They, don't have, they don't have to in some states. Well, there are some votes in the uh, delegate that are supported by district level. And, and then there's like super delegates later on well, at the convention. Those super delegates are a part of the national, and there's 500 of them, and they only are applicable by voting in the second. So if someone isn't uh, nominated in the first vote, 
then before the second vote is considered, the vote, the uh, superdelegates are brought into the voting. And imagine that California, which is the biggest uh, 416, I think, uh, delegates, there are 500 national uh, uh, delegates. Right. And so it's, it's you don't want it to that point. But to quote Bernie Sanders, you know, if 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 whoever has a, whoever has the most votes should win at the convention. If he doesn't win Michigan tomorrow, Bernie Sanders has no path. Right now, right. he's in models that are being performed. He has less than a 10 percent chance. Well, the thing is, that's what they said about Joe Biden less than eight days ago. The deer. Right. But those, those were deer moved. And the size of the herd is yeah. the entire fucking southern and midwestern United States of America. All the way to Maine and Massachusetts, where he spent in one of those states eleven thousand dollars in ads, and Bloomberg spent scores of millions. Joe Biden won states; he never went because what happened was that South Carolina and that vote, deer. where yeah. the deer and the entire herd went. Fuck yeah, this is easy. Yeah, we know okay. Joe. And Joe you, knows you, us. You do. You do agree with me that this is a stupid system. That we shouldn't have this system where some states vote early and those are the deer that start moving. We should all vote at the same time with what we feel is is the best thing. So you know, they're, they're, the other option is we could each vote. We, we could each vote one one week each for fifty weeks, and you know, by the end, it doesn't matter. Like it's it, it, it's stupid. Like if if yeah. as a voter we want our vote to count, it should be. I don't know at the same fucking time as everybody else. It's just. Uh, me. Well, it's it's you're absolutely true. And the chances of that happening in my lifetime is nil. And in your lifetime, also, not yeah, not yeah. not much different. But right. um, and I, here's the thing about what I what I suspect about a revolution. A progressive revolution is coming in this country, but it's going to take at least a political generation of something less than totally fucking crazy. We are we are fill up on crazy and we got to <laughs> first just stop the fucking crazy. And yeah, but crazy, why... crazy gets the clicks. Crazy gets yeah. the views. Crazy gets the ads. And until we can control how our media organizations, like Twitter and Facebook is the biggest one, uh, are are showing us stuff. Right, but, right. Hey, but, you want to you link to something funny? <laughs> Poor Joe Biden. His... his this, the story of his gas precedes him. There's a little clip that's out there that shows Biden stumbling on what it means to elect him instead of Donald Trump. And he gets tangled up in the syntax and he ends up saying there's only one thing that will guarantee the reelection of Donald Trump. <laughs> and, and then portrays that's himself as that. That's voting for me. Right. Is that motivation. And then there's some analysis from a, a pundit who I, I agree with. He says, you know what? People don't care anymore about what a person says and how they say it. Nobody cares anymore. Here is a snippet uh, from Trump. Me. Here is a snippet from Trump in an interview, and it, it is this mind-blowing Jack Kerouac on just way too many drugs. And it's, it's a whole transcript of this right. insane stuff. And it's like, who gives a fuck if Joe right. Biden does a little bit of that too? Okay, Trump, you've created the new normal. <sighs> You've created the new normal. And so here's the new normal. It doesn't matter what the fuck people say. It matters what they do. Here's the new normal. And all Joe Biden has to do during this debate and look over at Trump and say, you know what? You are absolutely a proven disaster. And never, ever 
respond to anything that Trump says the entire time. Well, Never. Trump will respond to anything he says either. So it's like perfect. It's it's just. Did you ever watch that movie Idiocracy that I recommended to you? Oh, I don't where, think I did. Did you where people send it to me, or did I just yeah. you just tell me? I recommended it to you. I'll, I'll, I probably emailed you, but I'll I'll send it to you again. It uh, of just this future United States where the stupidest. Thing oh yeah, will, yeah, yeah. I remember uh, you talking about it. But yeah, I would like to see it. But to me, Joe Biden reminds me of John Kerry and Al Gore, and I just want to yawn. Uh-huh. It's just, it's just like. Well, uh, so this is the way that I think about. Let's let's let's, av- let's average all of all of the most mo- the most moderate uh, values in America this is, into this, this gray goo and yeah. form it into a blob, and there's Joe Biden. This is the thing that you need to understand about Joe Biden. He has instant and immediate access to some of the best and brightest in this country to be able to put into his administration. Will recognize the calling and will return to public service. He will surround himself and already has in his campaign with some of the brightest and smartest people out there. His cabinet and his appointees and his his recommenders on policy, his National Security Council, will include Kamala Harris, Pete Buttigieg, Amy Klobuchar, Cory Booker, who, who just uh, in, endorsed him, uh, and he will choose an African-American uh, woman running mate. He is going to blow this thing out of the world, and because he's going to bring in a youth and a vitality, like an elderly John Kennedy, who knows enough to know what he doesn't know because he's a blue-collar guy, and he brings in the likes of Rahm Emanuel and these uh, some of these uh, uh, Maya, uh, who's on MSNBC? Maya, oh shit, Maya, this woman who was in uh, the New York City legal uh, political landscape for years. You have to Google her to get her. But imagine these brilliant people like her involved in actually running the, the the country and running the politics of it it and, and it's it could be the changing point and the thing is that he's this old guy but you know what that's what we need right now you know one thing we know about him they this article just came out today like you say he could be the change but what he is 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 more of the same like what he, this article came out today of a list of his p- possibilities of people that he could put in his cabinet and stuff and there are people like uh, Mike Bloomberg and Jamie Dimon, the chairman and CEO of J.P. Morgan Chase, or another vice chairman of Bank of America could be in, in the Treasury. And just putting all these, just like Trump did, uh, putting the same old billionaires back in back in power. And I don't know, it feels... Uh, <coughs> oh, sorry. Feels kind feels of... reminiscent. It feels kind of samey. Like, it, like we, we thought, you know, Obama ran on, on change you can believe in. And he provided some change, but an awful. But at least financially, he was pretty pro Wall Street. Uh, but I don't know. It's Biden's going to be just as good for the economy as Trump. And so the end is near, and as we face the final byways, oh no, final countdown. Oh no, not this. Well. You are you're sending us off on a melancholy note. <laughs> very very sad. We started talking about sure. politics. We were it's happy at the so meeting. Uh, we've, we've lost we've lost all our listeners. This, this has sad, gotten this is to be such a, <laughs> a sad hour. Oh, it's oh <laughs> man, I just want a hug, but I'm not allowed to touch anyone anymore. Oh, you know, Trump says 
what, what am I supposed to do? Not, not, not shake their hands and kiss them. I mean, they love Trump. They love Trump. He says, I haven't touched my hand and, and I haven't touched my face in like a month. He, he says, you know, sniffling. Uh, Are you kidding me? And so Ted Cruz has got self-quarantine. You know what he's doing? He's reading fucking Seuss books, children's books to himself you know, all day long. You know what would be just fine with me is... Just for quarantine forever. No, well, that too. But, you know, what if all of Congress got infected? What sort of action hey, would hey, we see? Hey, hey. I had a flash the other day. You know what's going to happen? What? Trump is going to get it and die in office. Hey, that, so, look, if if you are an old, weak man, there's this virus coming around that kills old, he, weak men, why would you put... Bill. Yes. So why would you put the person in charge of managing this virus to be the one person that could most benefit from your death? Your vice president. It's like it's it's a little too on the nose for a novel. I suspect that a uh, Ted Cruz kiss is on the way. That's what I think. God, that's about the worst thing I can imagine. Can you imagine being kissed by Ted Cruz? Jesus Christ. No, but I'm glad that you can. Stop. I'm, glad, I'm glad that you have. And I think that's the perfect image to end by. I got to go, bro. <laughs> Goodbye. I guess I'll see you next week if we don't all die. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> oh, fine. And there you have it. That's all for episode number 51. You can find the show notes at happyhour.fm slash 051. And you can... Donate to patreon.com slash happy hour. That would really help us to keep making these episodes for you. And please, everyone, stay safe, stay indoors, do not cough on anyone, and hopefully, we'll see you next week.